What's up, guys? Welcome to the Primal Faith Podcast, where we are leading men back to biblical masculinity. My name is Buff. I'll be your host. Let's get into it. All right, guys. What's up? What's going on? Welcome to the Primal Faith Podcast. Again, this is where we are leading men back to biblical masculinity. I just want to give you guys a basic rundown of why we're here, why we exist. We basically want to be a voice in men's ministry. Uh, we want to be men after God's own heart. And this blog is a learning process. All right. Uh, I'm newly married. I also bring to the table what I think Christian masculinity is. But ultimately, on this podcast, look to scripture as the ultimate authority that has been given to us as the inspired word of God. And we draw from that to, you know, test the spirits and know what the will of God is, what our morality is and things like that. What I want to talk to you guys about is Matthew 6.22. And I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, uh, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What I'm trying to focus on here is music. Something that will always be part of this podcast is good coffee and good music. Right now I'm drinking caribou, so that's not really the best coffee, but... Um, I have been listening to some good music. I've been listening to a lot of Christian metal. And you might ask yourself, like, how on earth can Christian metal be something that's honoring to the Lord? It's very aggro. It's very angry sounding. But the fact of the matter is, is a lot of the lyrics are deeply rooted in theology and they're very well written. And then on the other side of that token, you have things that are very popular, very mainstream on radio, uh, in churches. Some of the lyrics you hear are, in my opinion, poorly written, maybe a little narcissistic, a little self-centered instead of Christ-centered. And I want to kind of compare and contrast. I think uh, when I think about mainstream Christian music, I do think of narcissism, I'm thinking about thinking about what God's done for me or what Christ does for me or just me and where I'm at, where my identity and, you know, the, things like that, you know, where we're, we're involving God, but we're really singing about us. And there is a time and a place to testify about what God has done in your life. And we see that in Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. So there, there is an important factor of knowing what God has done for you and who he says that you are. But I, I do think that there is a time, you know, time for everything. And I think the fact is that there are some well-meaning songs that are in fact narcissistic and a little bit self-centered. So for example, we'll go with good, good father. All right. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because I don't want to waste too much of your time, but here's good, good father by Chris Tomlin here. I'll just read you some of the lyrics, but I, uh, let's see. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper. I'll just, I'll, I'll go to the chorus. We'll go to the chorus. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
because you're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're, oh, you're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. And then you'll hear, you call me deeper still. You call me deeper still. You call me deeper still into love, love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And it just goes on and on. When I hear phrases like it's who I am or to us right after I sing, you are perfect in all of your ways, I start to wonder like who is the song really being sung about? Now, Christ is the author and perfecter of our faith, as we see in Hebrews 12, 2. And in Romans 5, 1 and 2, we read that, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Notice that these two verses emphasize Jesus and not us at all. Uh, scripture tells us that we have fallen short of the glory of God, like in Romans 3.23. We are in desperate need of a savior. That is who we are. That is who I am. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is who I am. If I'm really being honest with myself spiritually and eternally, I need a savior. Take the example Jesus gave about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, that be his chest. Jesus said that the tax collector that pleaded with God to forgive him of his sin, the man that owned up to his sin and unrighteousness is the one that walked away a righteous man. Not the man that boasted in his own self-righteousness or spent his time in the temple telling God who he was. Lastly, let's just consider worshiping God through doing something well and to the best of your ability. Good, good father fills up so much of the space of the song and makes it so unnecessarily long by repeating the same words over and over again, almost as if to draw out some kind of emotional, some kind of emotion that tricks you into thinking that the Holy Spirit is a feeling rather than the eternal Lord God Almighty. So the, the eternal spirit resides in all Christians, right? It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. He is the everlasting Lord and he resides in all Christians. The song just plainly isn't written well. It sounds like it was pumped out at the last minute and not by somebody that writes, and not somebody that is an experienced songwriter. And so this makes me think of Revelation 3.16. Uh, it says, So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be, be zealous and repent. So that's quite the statement from Jesus. And it kind of seems to... It kind of sees through the mask of our watered down worship. We get a false sense of security from, you know, our jobs, our full fridge, our heating, our air conditioning. And we, we come to the Lord as if we only need him for aspects of our lives, like our identity or our latest inconvenience. 
Um, which, by the way, if you read your Bible, it's pretty cut and dry on the topic of who you are and who God says you are. Know who God made you to be. Move on. Read your Bible. When you worship, empty yourself and focus on Christ. Let's move into some music that I think is actually enriching. Uh, a couple of these songs I've been listening to lately are not only what I think to be theologically profound, but actually sound really good. We have songs like Flesh Killer by Phineas, Shekinah by Saving Grace, and I, I invite you to listen to these songs on your own. What else do we have? And since it's Christmas, we got Wolves at the Gates rendition of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. So this is a hymn that was written in 1744 by Charles Wesley, who is the brother of John Wesley. They founded the Methodist movement. Let's go ahead and read this song. And it's not near as long as what um, Chris Tomlin wrote. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Uh, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Now, not only do you have an amazingly rich hymn with this, but it's short, it's to the point, and the difference in the song is the song is so beautifully written and deep, you don't have to repeat it a bunch of mind, you don't have to repeat a bunch of mindless words over and over again to try and create some kind of false emotional response. Take the words for themselves, by thine all sufficient merit. That's talking about the perfect life Jesus lived. We have Israel's strength and consolation. So you have consolation, like a consolation round in wrestling. That's when you lose, but you still get a chance to get a medal because you're fighting for third place. But the difference here is with Christ, you're going you're gonna to finish first place because he is the eternal God of the universe and he has placed his own righteousness upon you. Do you kind of see what I'm trying to point out here? I'm just trying to make some differences, uh, point out some differences in a song that's kind of just watered down kind of worship, repeating the same thing over and over again. Not really... It creates this false emotional response, and we think that that's what's enriching. But in fact, when you when you sing out these lyrics that are so rich, like born a child and yet a king, that's speaking to the hypostatic union. He is a completely vulnerable human, but yet he's the God of the universe. I think when you sing out those words and you actually empty yourself of yourself, and focus on Christ. I think it's so much more enriching to our souls than to sing about, oh, it's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Why do I go to maybe Christian metal to compare to mainstream worship? Let me read you some of the lyrics that are in this song, Flesh Killer, that I think are super good. Breathe in my lungs a passion that strangles corruption till there's nothing left. Flesh killer, we're engraved on your hand. Flesh killer, we're engraved on your hand. Test me in the furnace of affliction. Refine me as you wish. When the die is cast, when the die is cast, 
Breathe in me your animating spark. I won't flinch when the earth gives way, so take me now. It's not my blood to bleed. So just right there, we have some imagery, refining fire, um, test me in the furnace of affliction. Immediately, we're thinking of King Nebuchadnezzar throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace. And what do they say when they get thrown in the furnace? You know what? Our God's going to save us, but even if he doesn't, he's still good. And so he's talking about in this song, Lord, increase my faith. Like, Lord, help my unbelief. Test me in the furnace of affliction. Let like, let me be afflicted for you. Let me bring you glory. All right. He's not talking about his identity. He says, sharpen my tongue with the precision only your words convey. I've kept waiting for too long. So he's literally saying, Lord, make me better for you. Make me a better testament to who you are. And what happens in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Christ shows up with them and King Nebuchadnezzar sees it. And what does he say? It looks like there's a son of the gods in there. So what happens when we allow the Lord to refine us, refine our faith? It points people back to him. That's the point. That's the whole point to point people back to Jesus. What should the point of our worship be? To point back to Jesus, focus on Jesus. So men, why is this important? Why, why make distinctions about worship? It's all worshiping God, right? I would say yes, but then I would also say that there are also undercurrents of selfishness and of narcissism that fool us into thinking that we are being refined. I, I've heard somebody say once, like, you want to increase your faith, you want to increase your spirituality, pray and fast. And like actually fast, like don't eat anything, drink some water. I know there's like, I'm not sure some people are different on the practice there, but you want to increase your faith, withhold yourself from food and pray. Why is this important? Why as men should we be concerned about this? Like we said at the beginning, the eyes are the lamp of the body. I strongly believe that the same holds true for our ears says, but if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So if what we're putting into our ears is dark, how, how, can, we, how can we lead people well? How, if we are, have darkness inside us, how do we expect to lead our families? How do we expect to lead our congregations? How do we expect to even lead ourselves? Let's say you're a single guy. How are you supposed to lead yourself if all you're doing is filling yourself with darkness. Now you may say, well, buff, you know, Christian metal, that sounds pretty dark. But the truth of the matter is, is <laughs> the lyrics in those songs are way more pointing to Jesus than any song that's just saying, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Because the disguise is that those things that like sound like they're worshiping Jesus, but are really really like boosting your own ego, that is where the darkness lies in my opinion. Where there is poorly written music, where there is a half effort in worshiping your Lord and Savior, that's where the darkness lies in my opinion. Not in songs that are carefully thought out, theologically tested 
and put up against scripture so that they know for a fact they are preaching the truth, but it has heavy bass and some distortion and heavy drums. I believe that as men, if we are going to lead ourselves and lead others better, then we need to pay attention to what we're listening, pay attention to what's coming past our ears. This has been the Primal Faith Podcast. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.